0: Welcome to the Refugee Youth Podcast. On this show, we meet and have conversations with refugees from across the non-profit sector, arts, and entrepreneurship domains about what they do, why they do it, and explore the ways in which they create meaningful transformations and impact. I am your host Jackson Asoro from Platform Africa and today I'm pleased to be joined by Franco Lokunyumi, a successful refugee artist in Uganda who is using music in peace building. Franco, thank you for being with us today on the Refugee Youth Podcast. Hi, good evening listeners and now uh, welcome to the Refugee Youth Podcast. So this podcast has been in the works for a long time. We've had so many iterations and changes and like what kind of names we want to you know name it uh, but finally we're here today um, and today we are talking to a phenomenal refugee musician in Uganda um, he goes by the name Franco he works in Uganda the most interesting thing about this podcast is that Franco is <laughs> is a very close friend of mine so this is like the set bed type of scenarios like you want to do the first thing with someone that you know so that if you mess up it's not too bad <laughs> so Franco you're welcome to the Refugee Youth Podcast.
1: Thank you so much Sana. thank you and I appreciate and I honor your invitation thank you so much.
0: Yes so Franco I already know you I think a lot of people in Uganda or in South Sudan already know you but For the sake of our listeners who have no idea who Franco Lokunyumi is can you tell us a bit about who you are like who is Franco Lokunyumi
1: Yeah um, I go by the names of Franco Emmanuel and uh, um, I'm a South Sudanese I based in Uganda as a refugee Uh, I was uh, uh, posted into uh, BDBD refugee settlement uh, YoYo Village Yeah I I am happy that I, I I I I am here today. Yeah, yeah.
0: I just want to give a little bit of context to our listeners. So, Bidi Bidi is the largest refugee camp in Uganda, and mm. Franco comes from there. Um, so, Franco, let's just jump straight to it. Like you coming to Uganda was a storm for a lot of different reasons. The one storm is, of course, unfortunately, um, a lot of people came to Uganda as refugees, and that is not something to celebrate. But when you came to Uganda, something else happened. You started creating songs that, you know, uh, painted vividly the frustrations and experiences of refugees here in Uganda. Uh, and one might argue that, you know, you started channeling your pain into, into music. And one song that, you know, you met that was really a big hit was the song Tail Yolo, which I think translates to My Heart Pains or My Heart Hearts, if I get the, the, the translation correct. But that song was a big hit. Can you tell me about the inspiration behind that song? Like what events uh, triggered you to pen down those lyrics and, and the
1: song? Like, Can you just walk us back to the, to the time you worked on that song? I, I, I think um, as what I say that I'm a social worker and I think uh, voicing the, the issues in the community is one of the, thing, the the core thing that I always do. People are going through the same thing I was going through. They were carrying a lot of heart pain others are carrying a lot of a uh, 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 pain in their hearts, and there is a lot that people are going through. But I think for me, I took it because I, 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 I already have a feeling like if I sing this out, it would really reach many people. So I, I started voicing our concerns as South Sudanese who are uh, already posted into the refugee camp. You know, the life alone. I was putting myself. Everything that I sang in that song, it's it's about me. It's not about anyone. It was me. I was singing me. I was the one feeling the pain. Yeah, because when I came. Things were not that easy, you know. Like you came from a different life, and then you brought to a life that it's very hard. Everything is hard. I I remember the time when uh, I'm I'm sorry to say this. it gets me more emotional, reaching to a level where uh, we have to bury some people who have no relatives, like we we are the one burying them. So it it was really something so painful, and I think it was not a good thing. Uh, as a human being to experience, so what, whatever song that I sang, the pain was in me more than any other person, but I think I was singing myself than anybody. So, reflecting back on the song, um,
0: first of all, you talk about like the life in the refugee camp, yeah, sure. Uh, we'll go to the song later, but just for now, let's paint the picture for the people who are listening. Um, one, you talk about the life in the refugee camp, you talk about like you know. Um, how difficult is it to for people to um, you know go get food from the food ration or food distribution centers in the refugee camp? You talk about like you know things that people have to wear on their eyes to get verified um, and all of that yeah. just like you know paying for that for us that picture uh, so people kind of get what you're talking about in the yeah
1: song. so um is uh, one song that I think I talked more about um, the, what people was going through one standing in a line where it was very hot you have to be in the line what you what we didn't know before but we have to be standing in the line to receive food that's one and then of course we are used to in our place we, of course we used to be farmers we are people who are brought up by, uh, in, in, in agriculture ground agriculture ground so um, we do we, we do farming but we have reached a level where you are rest- you're always restricted to eat only one type of sauce. If you want to change, you have to change beans to to beans and beans to beans itself. So it was hard because there was no money, there was no nothing with us. You know, like uh, that's why you find when I sang about even we like a daily you eat beans, of course. Uh, The other one is uh, you eat sometimes without salt because the salt the organization gives that time it was not enough. It was not really enough. It was small. Like for people who are single like us, even the food that was given to me. Personally, I eat that food for, like, two weeks and a half, and the food is not there. And that's supposed to last for how long? It is supposed to be for one month. So it has to only take you, like, for two weeks. So really, you just look at yourself, and you'll be like, oh, it was hard. But that gave us to hustle and do a lot and made us to be strong, like... That, that, that was a lesson like we learned. So mm. I I that I, I came, I, I was looking at whatever I was going through, and I started airing them in that song. That song, whatever I aired, I aired mostly my own feeling. Mm. It was my own feeling. And uh, uh, re- uh, reflecting back, looking at what people have left behind. Many people have left good houses. Many people have left... Uh, 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 a, a lot of animals and many people left a lot of things, yeah. better things behind. Yeah. but today here we are, so that is a disadvantage of war. War is one of the most baddest things, and I think nobody wishes to to be in a war yeah. so that is that is one of the things that I, I I think I came in and I, I started airing it yeah. out, and yeah, yeah it, because it was already the situation that everyone was going through, it was the same thing. I sang the mind of the people. Exactly. That's why the song exactly. was was what was taken uh, yeah. uh, 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 so serious. Yeah. And then also, of course, in the other whole thing, I had to also encourage the people yeah. and encourage myself yeah. to forget because exactly. there is no way we cannot yeah. get back. Yeah. We cannot be- get back. Yeah. There is no way we have to just forget and life goes on. Yeah. And then the other the other song, of course, when I add I add more of uh,
2: I just the wanted life. to like
0: you know follow up on uh, on what you just said. Mm. So the other. Th- two themes that I recognized or, um, or or noticed in the in the song, is just what you talked about. Like, you know, we as, a, as an organization in the refugee camp, we have done a lot of like, you know, trauma healing programs. Mm. And in each event that we hold, um, there's very common stories that we hear. And the stories are people feel that in the refugee camp, they are sort of booked in a world that they cannot run away from. Uh, they have left homes they have left uh, properties, they have left the educational prospects and all of that. And they're in a place where there's no opportunities. And you paint that picture beautifully in the, in the song. Um, when it talked about like, oh, we drink porridge or we eat porridge, sorry, without, salt, uh, without sugar or like the food that we're eating sometimes. And I think all of us experienced that at some point. It was a low point that, you know, you had to uh, cook survive. and survive without <laughs> salt uh, but I think things have really radically changed since then, um, and I think the last uh, theme that I think you really discussed in your in your in your song is also the idea that people have to forget and reconcile and move forward. I think my next question ties into that. So, what do you think is the role that music plays in promoting reconciliation and
1: people coming together? I think uh, I I can say, if music is used, yeah music would be the first thing that can unite people very fast. Because we all live by music. Whether you like it or not, we live by music. We listen to music. Even your footsteps, when you're moving, it's a beat itself. It's music. Um, sometimes when, you, when you're doing your work, music rings in your head. So everywhere there is music. And music is a tool that speaks. tool that speaks to everyone. Because you know music, like for example, if I release a song now and I put it online, so many people will listen to this song. If I release this song, this song can move from a Bluetooth to a Bluetooth and Bluetooth to a Bluetooth from WhatsApp to a WhatsApp to another WhatsApp to another WhatsApp. And this song can spread the news from where I am to where I don't know. So music plays a big role that if, if music is used as a tool, to promote peace, or to reconcile people, I think it would be more easy for people to, 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 to adapt to it. It's one of the most uh, uh, easy tools anyone can use yeah. for passing information, I can say. Because people listen to it. And music is not like an announcement where it is announced today in a paper and is thrown away. Music is something that lives there forever. Today we're talking about Te tewili Te Willi is one song that, personally, I just have the lyrics in me but I think I've, I've literally forgotten the song. I, don't, I no more uh, 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 listen to the song because every day I have to be creating new ideas. I have to come up with new lyrics. I need to be thinking of, hey, which music can I do? What is, what is the community going through? I have to be looking at issues I can address now. But when you mm-hmm. listen to the song right now, it takes you back. Yeah, yeah, and and, and by the way, I, I, I stopped performing that song already. Yeah, 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 there is something that I think I, have, I will talk about. I've stopped perform, performing some of my songs. There are three there are three songs that I don't perform them anymore. One is Tewili, two is Pai Gele, and uh, uh, the Pai Gele is the one that talks about the situation currently people are going through. By the way, is the song that you have to go press things, you have to go put out things in your eyes. Like there is a lot of stress for you to uh, to, to 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 get food. So that song, I think I don't perform it these days because anytime I perform the song, I become emotional. And I have one song, uh, which was a prophecy. I think that the prophecy that I said in 2013. I sang that song in 2013. I left it. And the prophecy came out in 2016. That brought us to the camp. So it was a prophecy. I can say that. So um, those are three songs that I don't anymore yeah. touch them. Exactly. Apo Tewili, and Pai Gile, those songs. Whenever I'm going for a show and I'm performing, I normally make sure that I don't always sing them. Because anytime I sing the song, it touches me, it, it, it enters me, it is in my heart. Like I feel like, like somebody is renewing my wounds. You know, like I really don't want to have that feeling again. I, I, I really wanted to heal and, and move on with life. Because it has happened and it has happened. You cannot point fingers on anybody, you, can, you can't blame anyone. It has happened. So let's 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 talk about like the peace agreement
0: in South Sudan. That's like the the elephant in the house, right? Uh, the peace agreement in South Sudan. What are your thoughts on like you know the concrete uh, implementation of the agreement and the possibility of maybe refugees returning back home? The question is, are you optimistic or pessimistic? Do you think that you know people are gonna go
1: back soon or like you know what what are your thoughts? Well, uh, according to me, I've been to the country several Literally, the implementation of the peace, it's going on well. It's going on well. And uh, the government is also trying to make sure that the, 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 the citizens go back home. Both parties are trying all their efforts. They are putting all the resources to make sure that the people go back. But I think this takes to trust. Now, it will take now people to trust and the confidence they will build on uh, the people who, who are there, up there. First of all, how am I going to trust that? When I go back, I'm not going to be chased back. This is a big question that I think everyone is asking currently, the people who are in the camp. And this will also lead us uh, to the elections that are going to come, we're going to select the leaders that are going to be leading us. So again, this very question has to come. Like, how am I so sure that I have to go back and do the elections and I, I, I will be safe again? You see, like there is a lot of questions that people are asking. But to me personally, I can say South Sudan is better than uh, the South Sudan we used to have in 2018, 19, or 17 there. It's better than that. South Sudan is much better. I can see that I think uh, the peace process is moving on well. When people are committed real to it, it can be, uh, it can yield really, really fruits and people can go back. That's one of the things that I think uh, uh, I, I can say about going of, people, uh, going of the people back to South Sudan. It is a key thing, but there is a trust issue. Yeah. yeah. I like that point that you made, And I think... I resonate
0: with that point as well. (laughs) Uh, I think the biggest fear that people have about returning back is that, you know, what if I go today and something happened tomorrow? And I think for South Sudanese, uh, there are big events that seem to like, you know, uh, trigger fear specifically. So for example, election, like you mentioned, a lot of people think that, oh, what if they disagree again uh, with the results or whatever, what is going to happen? So I think that I, I agree with your point. Um, yeah, and, you know, we are hoping that if the South Sudanese leaders are listening to this podcast, um, they should uh, figure ways how to, uh, you know, build their confidence and trust with the citizens again so that people uh, can look forward to returning back to their homes and rebuilding. So,
1: And to be honest, uh, people want to go back home. It is not just like what I said. It is a serious need. It is not a want, but it's a need that people want to go back home. They really feel like if tomorrow they will say, hey, it is safe. Everyone else will come home. Trust me. No one will be in the in the, in the refugee settlement. No one is happy to be in the refugee settlement as as I talk. If you're happy to be in the re- refugee settlement, that means maybe you are a very lazy person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, because some of us, like where I was put in, it was rocky everywhere. we were building on top of rock. Our tuckels were all on top of rock. So how will you cultivate? How will you cultivate? And I I'm I'm hearing most people saying hey ratio has been reduced and maybe ratio even is gonna go down. Because I think emergence has gone. Organizations will soon look at at, 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 at what? At, 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 uh, at, at supporting people to, do the, to, 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 to get their own foods. Yeah. So from aid, they're moving to development programs. You see? Yeah. So if they're moving now to development programs, how about people like those who in Bidi who are put in a place where it is hard to cultivate? How about them? Where will they cultivate? You see? So these people, if you ask this question, they will be like, hey, I want to go back home. And it's because we have a fertile land that we want to go and cultivate. Personally, I'm an agriculturalist. I was brought up with uh, with 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 uh, with with agriculture. Up to today, I grew up in agriculture, and I am an agriculturalist. Exactly. So I can go back home and I start making, uh, I start digging, and I start getting my own food in my own garden. A small garden that I feed myself. I am able to pay my children to school. I'm able to pay myself some of the bills. I can be okay. Then being there, so no one is happy that they're here. people really want to go home
0: that's beautiful okay let's um let's do something interesting let's switch up the the gears so we talked a lot about your song about tail yolo and other inspirations behind all of that can we do an honor to the listeners and play for that song (laughs) an, an acoustic a live acoustic version of the song uh here on the podcast we have guitars in the studio um, you play <laughs> you yeah play. sure uh, and we have DJ Popper in the studio he plays we have Sami so we have like you know I think a plethora of, of talents in the house so do we do we do that can we do that
1: yeah we can do that no problem we okay. can do that yeah sure
0: let's go
2: Chuba Tuka Oh mama Te Mi man, you really don't know, mama. Mi man, girl you're my kinder. Mi man, girl my kinder, mama. Mi man, Malta nina de, kante Beli munas ketir binu imchuda ni kentir, Beli munas ketir asareni nabiga tital jede lo yajama kuluyam janjaro minun mille sukari zado mavie hajar biga sukun kuluyam medida te wili yongalo.
0: Man, that was that was wonderful um, to hear just like the live version of the song. I am a huge fan of um, of live music. And I think it's because like, you know, you can feel the emotions of the person in the song and it's really just played in real time. And the talents, the guitars and all of that, I thought that was really wonderful. So for the people who don't understand Kakwa or any of the body languages, what Pranko did is a very beautiful, um, almost really like just... You could think of him as a painter painting an image, right? Um, When people came to the refugee camp, I think the concept of lining up in queues to go get food was basically a black box. Like no one imagined or, um, you know, thought in the wildest dreams that they would be lining up to get food. (laughs) Um, And also the other thing that happened, like when we moved to the refugee camp, we, of course, the food rations that you get is you get beans and then you get um flour that is either maize or whatever and for a lot of people getting salt or getting oil or all of that it was crazy complicated to um to achieve and you sang about that in the song you said you know we are eating porridge without sugar sometimes we have our food without salt can you just like go back to that experience and try to reimagine for us like you know what was that like coming to the refugee camp and in a minute, understanding that your home is gone, but just beyond that, you don't have, uh, you know, uh, autonomy over your life and the things that you can do.
1: I think um, if you can ask anybody and ask uh, a person whether a person is willing to be a refugee, no one will be uh, in position to accept to be a refugee. It's one of the most painful uh, uh, thing, I think. To another human being to, to happen to anyone who is, uh, who is existing this planet. I think being pushed away from where you are settled to where you have to start from the scratch is one painful thing. You know, so many people really came uh, in, they lost a lot of things. So many things that people lost. There are those who have started business and their business were doing well. You know, they were already paying their children to school using their business. There are those ones who are farmers. They have already uh, 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 things they have cultivated, others have already uh, uh, started making at least uh, money out of their farms. But at the end of the time, it has been taken to zero. There are those ones who have at least, from the struggle, they have struggled to build for themselves houses that are better off. They have already sheltered, they are put on their roo- uh, on, on their head, there is a roof at least. But you find from there till today, like the people have been brought from, uh, from square six to, Square zero, so it is really uh, a painful thing when you flash back and think of whatever was happening. That's why I really try to think of if I can paint the image that way, and it came out, it, I, I think it came out very nicely. And um, people were really feeling it because it was really the concern of the people, and everybody was really feeling that pain. So that's what happened, and uh, yeah, I think that that song was really the light. To me personally, I I respect that song alone, though these days I don't perform it. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It was a little bit emotional. Anytime I perform that song, it really reminds me of how hard it was. Like, the life was really very hard. Like me, I came as a single person. It was a very hard thing, staying alone. You cannot be managing other things, you know. Like, it was really painful. There are even people who sometimes died with nobody. You know, there are those people who died with nobody, totally yeah, nobody yeah. around and them.
0: And just talking about yeah. emotions and how the song evokes emotions and that. Um, that song, when you performed it in the camp, there was a show that I think our organization sort of worked <laughs> together with you <laughs> um, to bring you to, to this refugee camp called Afwa. When you performed the song, people literally started crying, right? And trust me, I've seen a lot of people cry during a performance, but only on the screen. <laughs> so Michael Jackson or Bud Bunny. Um, so it was like really beautiful to witness um, sort of music being able to evoke emotions to that level. Um, so really picking up from there let's talk about some of the reactions to your song after it was released so obviously you are <laughs> something of a superstar right now and i don't say this lightly uh, your music is crossing borders and playing in australia in the us um, you've recently performed in sudan it's unfortunate what is happening there right now now for me one of such reaction i guess is that you know your music you know is going global and it's resonating with people but You somehow, I think that you talked about avoiding the songs, not performing them. But those songs are, you know, what people call activism or using art for activism. And so you sort of like cross to the activism space. My question is like, you know, with this space for dissent or freedom of speech or activism shrinking in, in South Sudan, also with the political instability have you ever felt like, you know, you were drawing unwanted political attention? Uh, or is that like a far-fetched type of question to ask?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, there is a lot of uh, questioning that I, I encountered. Uh, so many people came and others were pushing it so hard on me and others were thinking I might be supporting a political group. But at the end of the time, when they sat and they analyzed me, first of all, my life, and they analyzed my my intentions and everything about me, they realized that I'm a non-partisan, but standing with the minority and standing with the the ones who are who are affected, and standing by by ourselves, we who are already affected. Yes, I can say that and uh, I, I I remember the time when I went to Yale to perform. I had to be questioned by some security men asking me what is the meaning of this song? Why did you sing about this? Because I have some two songs that sound so a uh, little bit uh, uh revolutionary uh, I think uh, revolutionary. there are two songs, yeah, so they were asking, me, and I had to give answer when, when I gave answer, they were like, "Ah, but what they got was different. That means somebody translated it uh, in a wrong way the person translated it differently to the people but when i explained of course people understood me and they understood what exactly i was i was doing i was non-partisan in, in in all these things i was standing my ground as an activist and as an artist a person who speaks at least in the uh in for the people yeah so but when i when i realized of late of course in 2019 i realized that uh the music i was doing more was causing more havoc. Like, it was really touching people's hearts. It's opening the wounds. So I thought of, if I can do music that will give people joy, will make them laugh, will make them smile, will make them, when they listen to it, will make them nod their head. So that would be really better. And then I tried my best and tried to write uh, some uh, some uh, uh, contents that are, are good uh, that can make people laugh, that can make people nod their heads. So uh, I I did that and uh, uh, I did a lot of consultations. Of course, I did a cultural song and the song really raised me up, I think. yeah.
0: Uh, I just wanted to go back a little bit. So in 2017 and 18, we worked with you again <laughs> um, uh, on this project called Kifaya. So for people who also don't speak Arabic, Kifaya is the Arabic word that directly translates to enough. And basically, we brought together, you know, musicians like Franco, a couple of artists like from Uh, uh, JJD,
1: those of t TIBANGS,
0: T-Bangs,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who were the rest? (laughs) Filter Bob. Uh, Filter Bob was there. We had uh, Ronnie. Ronnie. We had the Free Boy. We had uh, who? I think uh, we had those of Deo, we had Mark Bro, we had Jackie Ayuji, we had Pasha Amor. Yeah. Yeah. Who was that? Like there was the lady, Sam Sam? the girl
0: who raps. Yeah, Sam C. Sam, but there was the girl Nikki, who, Nikki, Nikki. Yeah. But just, I wanted to um, talk about that project a little bit. So, music has been really influential mm-hmm. uh, in in reaching out to the masses, right? Mm-hmm. And musicians have, you know- Become messengers, whether directly or indirectly, the music that they met or they make um, helps really inform people's decisions, but also really aware people on issues. Uh, when the conflict happened, you know, Crazy Fox went viral with this song Anamamashi yeah, he, sure. he spoke about like I'm not running from the country because I've done this before, whatever happens happens to me. And like what he did was basically depict the level of frustrations that people had in the country. But you guys in Uganda had this amazing type of music talking about the experiences of people in the refugee camp. Kifaya, uh, as a project, was aimed at bringing musicians and empowering their voices as peace builders. So there was two approaches to the program. One, we had training with you guys. (laughs) So understanding, you know, what hate speech is, how do you counter hate speech. We also talked about like really dealing with extremism, but also the ideas of like, you know, people thinking that, uh, community X or that are responsible for the conflict, and so increasing the tension between people in the refugee camp. Can you walk us back to that event? How was that event impactful for you as a musician? And what do you think can be done to bring more musicians to programs that you know empower their
1: voices as peace builders? Yeah, I think um, the Kifaya project was a very good project that uh, it w- it could not only end with the musicians but to everybody, and I think the community needs that project, Uh, they need that program. Uh, Like, especially the hate speech program. You know our people are ignorant about it? They're really ignorant about the hate speech. Like, they are not uh, well-versed, they're not well-informed about it. Personally, I was not informed about it. I didn't know anything. Like me, when I come on social media, I post anything. I don't care what it takes. Mm. But something happened. Of course, that very time I lost my Facebook account <laughs> because I think I was vlog of saying something which was not right, mm. like uh, uh, teasing someone online, which was not a good thing. But I think uh, the, after learning from there, I started becoming so careful and uh, start acting the right way and start becoming at least uh, uh, a good person who speaks more about. Uh, 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 positive things, not mocking people, not bullying people. So uh, that project to me, it really helped me as an individual. I really learned a lot from it. And uh, secondly, artists were able to 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 to, to showcase their talent. Yeah. There are those ones that yes, who did not perform. I think that time I, I also do perform, but I've never performed uh, in such kind of event. Yeah, but I think. Uh, Many artists got the platform that time because the crowd was huge. Like, people turned up. Yeah. People turned up. I think we and, had close to 30,000 people. Yes. Yeah. People turned up and it was really massive and it was large. And I enjoyed my performance as individual. I, I was honored that I, I, I heard the crowd, and people were so excited seeing me coming on stage. There are those ones who wanted really to see me, but it was hard; they didn't get the chance to see me. So, when the 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 the, the time when I was um, when I was coming on stage, I saw the joy in the people's faces, and I, I felt myself. Like, oh, I can be smoking <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I wanted to I wanted to dive to the song a little bit so the song right now on Facebook has over 60k views oh, which yeah. I think is phenomenal but let's go back to the concert that you guys staged in the in the refugee camp uh so earlier on I was talking about the tr- the program having two um sort of prongs or phases so one was training with the musicians but the second part was like these musicians staging a concert that brought over thirty thousand people. No, but
1: you see, before maybe you say that. Yeah. I think uh, all the artists who participated in that program and the one who participated in that uh, Kifaya project, most of them are really doing well, and most of them are the smart artists I can say. Because look, that 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 training did not go for free. I can I can I can say this. Look, unless you're that kind of person who is so dumb that you just went there for the sake of you being invited to attend. But if you're a person who wanted to come up with something, you might have used that for your own growth. And uh, some, like, I'm, I'm happy that most of these artists, I uh, can talk of the JJD, I can talk of Sam um, C, Sam, I can talk of... Most of these guys, mm. they're really... Volunteering with most of these organizations, yeah, yeah. participating in building peace. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, I think what you're saying is that one of the success stories also of that program yes. is that Samsi, for example, right now he has an organization. an organization that really works between the intersection of peace building and and arts or music. And I can say I,
1: uh, the same. Uh, you can talk of uh, most of these guys like uh, Mulolo. Yeah, of course, that thing changed his. His whatever, his... Mindset and mindset perception. Mindset and everything. Things, yeah. Of course, when he felt... Of course, he has been with the artist and it was really good that you can be with the artist. He was not by then in school, but he had to really come to school. And he's graduating soon. So all of us, like me personally, I was not also in school. But what did I do? I had to come to school. That I finished, of course, I am waiting for my graduation. Now, you see? So it really impacted a lot because we had to interact with the different artists. People that we didn't meet with them before... We had to share different ideas, how to work together, how to grow grow as an artist, artist, how to be even as an artist. The the, the training did not only limit, the training was was really meant for for the artist to to, to check on how they behave in the society and how they can do their things in the society. So I, I, I think basically that training has built so many of the artists, those who participated during that time, I am happy that all of them are doing well. Yeah. No one is doing bad. Yeah. yeah. I want to I wanna talk about the concert again. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not
0: moving from the concert. Um, So, the concert, I think for me, one overlooked element of it was the fact that like over the 30,000 people that came together, they are people from very different ethnic groups, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, if you look at the conflict in South Sudan, it took a very ethnic landscape, right? Yeah, sure. so, uh, Kakuas or Nueres or Bari people, whatever, and so on. They were, by the nature of the conflict, meant to be meant to be uh, uh, antagonistic towards each other. In mm-hmm. um, the refugee camp, there were tensions. We remember in 2018 mm-hmm. there was a comp- conflict that happened in Tika between communities. The the concert brought people together of different cultural groups and different ethnic uh, origins. Together, they performed, celebrated reconciled and I think that was one way that you know a lot of people could not imagine peace happening uh, usually when we talk about peace building people talk about workshop you know flip charts and boards uh, you know showing visual aids to people of what peace or conflict is um, but music sort of played a role um, that was able to do what I think it took even as
1: an organization many years to achieve um, well um the first thing that I can say is that um, the whole project uh, made us interact a lot and learned that we as artists, we could re- the peace can start with us and um, we could be the best to build a peace in our land, building a peace in our society, in our communities, and in, 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 in our, even our clans going down to our pions, going down to our bombers.
0: Okay, so can we switch to another subject? Um, after initial music dropped, a lot of people were sort of expecting you to follow suit in the trajectory of, you know, activism or using art for music, like in your songs, Teli Yolo or <laughs> Uh But like the music that you released later uh, sort of took everyone by surprise. It was way different from all the other, you know, stuff that you have worked on. Can you tell me more about that song?
1: I I think there is something special about uh, uh, my transition and what I did. Because at the end of the time, I sat down and tried to listen to the songs that I did. And I noticed that my songs were so emotional and uh, it plays a lot with people's emotions and, and uh, triggering, you know, triggering a lot you know, of feelings of loss and a yeah. lot of pain. So I was like, if I continue doing this, I think one day, one time, I. I will end up pushing people, I will end up influencing edge. people yeah. to the age and people will end up, uh, the those who will end up going uh, crazy and the those who will end up thinking not right. Yeah. So um, I thought of uh, if I can do something different from that. Yeah. And what I shared with one of my friends, of course, it's one of my friends who lives in the U.S., I shared with her and I was like, hey, I think I need to do something like this, like this. And she so was like, wow, I think that is very good. So what do you want to do exactly? I was like, I think I want to do a cultural song. Yeah. So, so I was like, okay, that sounds good. So what do you need to do? this? So I was like, I think I need to do a research yeah. and find more details. I really went in and started collecting my data. I started collecting information from different people. And I just wanted to say, uh, I, unfortunately, I lost two people who really participated in the... Yeah,
0: elders who helped Yeah, the know.
1: elders who participated in giving me information, who participated in in correcting me. And guiding. Uh, guiding me. Yeah. You know, elder people, those people were really old. I, well, I have to say, um, condolence to the family of Lubari Ramba and uh, may his soul... May his soul rest in peace. Yeah. And uh, Lord Inya as well, uh, may your soul rest in peace. Yeah, those people really helped me and uh, they 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 talked to me. Yeah. And Dubar Ramba is one of the legend uh, legendary artists who sang culture songs. And oh, he helped me. I I, I, I I came up with a good song. Yeah. And so the song is uh, is titled Kerilokakua Keroka. What, what is
0: Kerilokakua?
1: Kerilokakwa means the culture of Kakua. The culture
0: of Kakua. Yeah, in
1: other words you can say Labi Lokakwa. Yeah. Uh, because kakwa and Bari, yeah. this is a sister language. Yeah. They they understand itself. Yeah. So with the bari of course it's a Kerry. Yeah. So when you say it in Kakua, kakwa it's Labi. Labi. But mostly uh, I, I named it as a Kerry because yeah. it is connected even to the Pojulu people. Exactly. The same culture the Pojulus mm-hmm. are having, the yeah. same culture the Bari, yeah. the same culture the Kuku people yeah. and the Nyangbara people, they're having the same yeah. culture. So I thought of if I can name it as Kari because it is the same thing, yeah. though uh, uh, some, peop- some people felt like the word Kakwa dominated a lot in the yeah. song. Yeah, I, I'll come yeah. to that. Um,
0: let's talk about, you know, what you talk about in the song. You talk about, you know, how marriages used to happen. Be.
1: Yes, the uh, marriage the, of kakua. Yeah. Just be.
0: start from there and talk about like the other things that you also talked about briefly in the song so people can get an idea.
1: Yes, and the, the, the song talks more about the the, the, the cultural uh uh the, 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 the cultural uh diversity and the values of the kakwa people. Uh, talking about the values of the kakwa people, of course. There are many good things about the Kakwa people, and uh, uh, the Kakwa people are loving people. The Kakwa people are humble, tolerant and patient people. they are peaceful people. So uh, I, I, I had to bring in uh, the, the the marriage itself of the Kakwa people. So it's easy to marry in Kakwa. Everything was really, very good. like marriage of Kakwa is not bad. Like, like like, if you want to marry a kakwa there is not so much stress because everything is cheaper. So I, I, I think I was bringing in the process of if a man wants to get uh, married to a kakwa for example, you're a man and you want to marry a kakwa lady, what are those things that used to happen? So my grandfather used to be a very good person. He tells me stories about how they used to... Uh, uh, be with their girlfriends, and he tells me how conceived happens, and, and told me how uh, their grand, their great grandparents used to be, like things from the 18s to the 19s. So he shared with me, and I think it was a very good thing. I thought if I can really come up with something that can suit that angle. So in that song when I sat down I tried to talk of that. And then I talked also about the border lines where the Kakwa people are. Who the border So yeah. Kakwa are bordering these people, Kakwa are bordering um uh, uh, the Lugala, is... yeah. the uh the Kuku people, Kakwa are bordering the the whatever the the the, 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 the mondo, the Makaraka, the the whatever the the Kilikos you know, the kakwas have the borders that are the other side. So I, I think I said, I was like, hey, I think if I can also document about the location of the kakwa people and the people they are bordering with and their relationship with these people, it's very important. So I really did that. And you realize uh, uh, it really came out because I was really doing a lot of research because that one is very, very bu- hard thing to do. First of all, talking about uh, the geographical location of the kakwa. The border of Kakwa people, who are they bordering? If I mess it up, that means the whole song will be a trash.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't want to really mess it up. I had to really look for information and find where exactly these people are located, who are these people, and find more about them. And I did. And really, the song was received. Trust me, the song went itself. Nobody promoted the song. A person I didn't promote that song. The song went. And it was loved everywhere. And not loved only by the Kapkwa people, but any person who understands the meaning of the song and a person who listens to the song. Exactly. Yes.
0: I think the, my my first encounter with the song was on a Facebook Live. Yeah. Someone was doing a Facebook Live. Someone who's not in Africa. Someone
1: <laughs> at the United States. It was funny, the song, how it was released. I think I did the song and uh, my friend, my friend Nelly, uh, Nelly is uh, is one of my friends that I, I think we normally have a lot of jazz with her. And I sent her, I was like, the first time I wanted her to listen to the song and tell me how the song was. I sent her the song first. I was like, listen to this song. Do you think it's a good song I can release? Before I come to know, boom, when they were having, of course, there is a, a convention that was taking place. Immediately in that program, she played the song in the whatever in the, in the in the event. Trust me, everybody got the song from there and then, and everything. She so was going live, and everyone was sharing. and People wanted that song. Yeah. People are looking for the person who, s- who, who sang, sang that the song. song. There was an, the night when the song was released. I did not sleep, like because I was not. I didn't upload the song on YouTube. She just released the song, and the song was already going. Like, it was moving from WhatsApp to WhatsApp. And I was like, ah, man. Like, people call me. are just even whom I don't know. They get my number from my page and call me and say, Franco, thank you. Yeah. We love this song. Can you send me this song? Like, I really got a lot of uh, pleasures from people. Yeah. I got a lot of appreciations. And there are those ones who have really... Uh, uh, supported me both financially and those who talked to me. Like, I was really excited. I did not know what to do. The next thing to do, I could not even pause the song. Yeah. Trust me. That <laughs> song I didn't have in my YouTube. You know, whatever, my YouTube. Yeah, because I saw a bunch of people post the song. People posted the song. I really did post the song. And I most think... of them, like,
0: have 17K, 18K views. And it's crazy. But let's talk about something else. Um, your song, Kerala is not only loved... <laughs> In the Kakwa community.
1: Yes. Pojulus love the, the song. song. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh. why I perform in most weddings for Pojulu and yeah. Pojulus, the Keliko, the, like the Barry. Yeah. Even the Mundari yeah. these days, I perform in weddings, different weddings. Uh, they invite me for that. I thought that was really impressive.
0: I think I actually heard the first demo of Ye when it was just a skeleton. It yeah, was, it was
1: different. It was a skeleton. Every, and for me, <laughs> so I'm a person who
0: who believes really strongly in the fact that if something is not broken, don't fix it? You are the opposite. Like the song, the demo you sent me, I'm like, this is good to go.
1: But you went back to the studio, broke it down. Yeah, that's (laughs) what I do. Build it
0: again. Tell me about that.
1: Like like, like what I do most is that I can record a song and the song can take one year in the studio. Yeah, I record and until the producer becomes very angry with me. He's like, get out of here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to talk about something else. You have made a name for yourself. Franco um—it's um, a name you can deny. Like if you go on Google and you type Franco, Google is likely to suggest for you Locunyomi as the next name. <laughs> um, so you are basically like being impactful as an as artist in the generation. But I'm sure that your music is going to, you know, impact even like the next generations. So let's talk about being a good musician. According to you, what are the lessons that you learned along the way? Like, you know, for someone to be a good musician, what are those boxes that he needs to check on? Like, you know, what are your tips for upcoming
1: musicians? Three things is that um, if you want to do good music, you should learn to respect each and everyone. Yeah. You have to respect everybody. You need to be down to art in a sense that your fans are your bosses, whether you like it or not. Secondly, learn to accept corrections. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's really key.
1: Learn to accept the corrections. The other thing is, be a good listener. Very good. Be a good listener. You listen to some to, 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 to someone, whatever you listen, the good ones, you pick it, the bad ones, you throw them away. You throw them away, yeah. But how do you know if a feedback is positive or negative? Uh, of course, you sit down and analyze the person. Okay. Yes. And then uh, the other thing is, be ready to learn. Okay. As an artist, of course, you should learn every day. You should be listening to music every day. You should do. You you have to challenge yourself. You know, I am fighting the me of 2013. I was fighting the me of 2013. Yeah. In in 2018, 19. I was fighting that me. Yeah. Until I kicked that me out. And then today I am fighting the me of 2018, 19, and 20. So I'm fighting that me now. Yeah. So basically, being able to challenge yourself and to evolve as a person. Yes, as an like I'm, char- as well. I have to be challenging myself every day. I I need to put myself in a challenge. Like I need to do better than what I was. Cool. So I wanted to, I wanted to ask you something, and maybe
0: this is just to wind up the conversation that I think has been really beautiful and impactful for me personally, and I think for the listeners as well. Um, let's talk about who are the people that you admire in the music industry like if someone gives you a million bucks right now to make a collaboration with, uh, with the with a big musician who are the three key people that you want to see you know you know you want to work with and i'm uh. hoping that people who listen to this podcast can make this happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i i think i have
1: some Names that I could really let's go, go over for, because them. All artists are good. Yeah, trust me, all artists but are like
0: good. But like, who are the three well, people that you, you know? As Franco, you want to collaborate? Uh with?
1: in Congo, I can go for the two people. I can go in Congo. I can go for Kofi. I can go for Fali. Yeah. Ipupa. and in Uganda, I can go for Kenzo. I can go for. Ah, uh, wait! This female artist that I like, her oh. Spice Diana. Spies yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys are thinking my mind. <laughs> yeah, I like Spice. Diana. What about in Kenya? Uh in Kenya, I think I go. I go for BN. Oh, my God. And uh Will <laughs> and Paul or Benson. Yeah, I think I, 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 think uh, I listen to Benson. Yeah, yes. he's amazing. Benson is a good guy, and yeah. then um, I think Will Paul is yeah. good. Um, in Nigeria. In, in Tanzania I can go for Diamond, platinums, Raivani, or go for Mboso. That the guy is, is wonderful. I think yes. he's
0: underrated. People don't underrated, so. uh give him the same spotlight like they do to the other, you know, Wasafi artists. Yes. But I think he's amazing.
1: I think you can go to Mboso and this female artist, uh Nandi.
0: Nandi. Nandi is amazing. Yes. But one thing I noticed is that we have isolated South Sudan. Can we
1: go no. back home? <laughs> okay, back home in South Sudan, I think I can, uh, in South Sudan here, people that I can go, do I can do collaboration. I've done already collaboration with a few of them. I did with the WJ already. I have a song that is coming in. Uh, I think uh, the other person who is a little dynamic, uh, good, and I love to work one day with him, is um, Kembe. Kembe, yeah. Kembe is very good, and uh, Yaba Angelosi dynamic. These are guys that I've worked with. Yeah. I worked with dynamic, but Angelosi, I'm looking forward to work with Angelosi. The opportunity, yeah. yes. Yeah. We already have the the, the contacts. And, yes, yeah. and we're gonna work with him. Cool. Some project so soon, yeah. And uh, I think in the female side, I'm looking at Madonita. Ooh, ha! She's a jam. Oh, man. She's a jam. Nobody knows that. Yeah. Hey, that girl yeah. has the
0: thing. She's she a jam. She has gem. a voice. That's amazing. So, just to wrap up this amazing conversation, can we do another live uh, performance of Kere Kwa?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's do a live performance of this Kere Kwa. I know it's one of my favorite songs, guys. I hope you're going to enjoy it. Cool, cool. Carry yeah. the guitar and do your thing. Yes. So, guys, let's go. Chuba.
2: Rumba music, Rumba Africa, Franco La Cunumia. Cuba, ah. Bamont, <tries> Kuba Bamont, Cuba, 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 Bamont, La vin liga, la vin liga la la liga oh, kerin liga la kerin liga A ah, liga, kerin liga la kerin liga Hop hop listen Takitanga jiki loliki kirito Kukitanati Kilo Liki Kikakua Kakuaka Dalagakulu <laughs> Kongo Kakuaka Dalagati Koboko Kakuaka Dalagati Moronko Kakuaka Dalagati E. Sali Yamusala Yapele Kele Todi Nengatinga Kilo Kutu Nava Todi Nengatinga Kilo Kutu Nava Ikara dia kanyara Ya kaloku Kakuwaki la katoi Eh hey, hey. <laughs> Kakuwaki Kongo naromakuta ni senen laso Kakuwaki naromakuta aromakuta ni senen laso Kakuwati ei hey, ni
0: the Refugee Youth Podcast is produced and edited by Jake Sana Sobral. Original music by DJ Popper, Sammy Divine, and Justman Perfection. This podcast is produced through support from the AskNet Network project by the ROC Agency for Open Culture and Critical Transformation, with funding from the BMZ, the German Federal Ministry for Economic Cooperation and Development. You can email us at info at platformafrica.online or find us on Facebook and X at platformNGO.